Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It ain't easy now. How could I move forward when I keep looking backward? I'm just standing still. How can I fight this obsession? Have I not learned my lesson? Maybe I never will. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor behind the steelcurtain.com with you for another Steelers 2022 NFL Draft Day Recap. Day two is in the books. The Steelers now have three new players on their roster. We know about Kenny Pickett from round one and Thursday. Two more on rounds in rounds two and three, one each round. We're going to talk about those picks. But joining me first, Dave Schofield. What's up, Dave? Uh, not too much. Just hoping I still have a voice, kind of like you, right? Yeah, just yeah. hoping we can hold it down here. Exactly. Um, just happy to know who the Steelers have added to their roster. For sure. Let's bring in Brian Anthony Davis. What's up, Brian? I feel like Heinz Ward when he uh, did the Iron Man contest, because I really feel like the last two days have been like that tomorrow even more. So tomorrow's going to be the third leg of this. This is so fun, though. It is, and it's been interesting. And it's it's been, man, this draft, maybe, maybe I'm alone here when I say that this draft's been crazy. And we thought that round one was crazy. Round two started off with trades galore. Uh, and, and honestly, the Steelers have not made a trade yet in this draft, but boy, there have been a ton of trades within the division. Uh, you go to round one with the Ravens trading Hollywood Brown. Uh, the Browns get some picks back from the Texans, uh, on day two, just really, really crazy stuff. Dave, I want to ask you first, just what's your overall reaction been to the draft? Not necessarily the Steelers picks. We're going to talk about that shortly, but just your, the, the draft after two days, what are your thoughts? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, crazy with the quarterbacks yeah. of where they end up going. But even more than that is just the insane amount of trades that is just constant trade, 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 trade. Yeah. But I'm very grateful that it hasn't been the Steelers. So I didn't have to publish about 17 articles about every time they moved. So, yeah. And, and the quarterback, speaking of the quarterbacks, the round three was when we saw some other quarterbacks selected. Desmond Ritter was taken. Where did he go? Atlanta. He went to Atlanta. Yep. The Tennessee Titans traded up to get Malik Willis. And right at the very end of the third is when Matt Corral, he uh, was, who did he, who was he drafted by? Carolina. Carolina. Very good. Thank you. And so that leaves uh, one's uh, Hal. Uh, not yeah. How was the last one? Sam Howell's the last one from UNC the, of the big name guys. I mean, some might throw Carson Strong in there, but uh, they're still on the board, and that's insane to think about. Absolutely insane to think about. For Howell and Corral, I expected them to be to they definitely not go early, but I never thought it would be this late either. But Brian, what's your thought on the draft so far? I think it's a very pleasing draft because there's plenty of action. It's kind of what the NFL has been just in the playoffs the last couple of years where you just can't turn away because something crazy is going to happen. And that's exactly what's happening in the draft. Never thought Malik Willis. Remember somebody 
mocked him at number two to the Detroit Lions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. They had Kenny Pickett at number eight to uh, maybe number six of Carolina, number eight to Atlanta, and then those guys fell. Matt Corral at number 20 to the Steelers, which, you know, things are shaking up just perfectly for a few teams. I kind of think the Steelers are one of them. Unfortunately, the Ravens are one of them too. I hate them so much. And they are drafting well again. And they still have like 35 fourth round picks coming up on day three. <laughs> Which they'll so trade for draft capital next oh, year. Sure. Yeah, for sure they will. Uh, but let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers day two draft picks. They started off in the second round. They had options. I know that our own Shannon White, one of his draft crushes was there, was available. I'm talking about Sky Moore, wide receiver. They did take a receiver, but they did not take Sky Moore. They go with George Pickens. Tall, fast. We'll talk about his breakdown. I'll read you a little bit of some of the uh, draft reviews we've had on Pickens. But Dave, when you saw this pick come through, what was your knee-jerk reaction? Knee-jerk reaction was, that's the position I expected them to draft there, the way the draft was going. It made sense to go wide receiver there. As for who they took, there was several names they could have taken, and that was one of them. And... I'm looking for it around here. If it's it's now, uh, the my 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 record player because what's on it is the broken record because that's what I sound like by saying all the time when it comes to wide receiver and the Steelers drafting them, I trust their thoughts on it so much more than anything that I could say. I don't even try to say the Steelers should take a certain wide receiver because they always seem to have a better idea than what I even hear not just myself, but what others say who they should take. I just, that's one of those things that I trust them to do. So as soon as I know they're taking a wide receiver, I didn't care who it was other than to know the name in order to say who they were, because by the Steelers taking them, they, they had to be a good pick in my opinion, because they don't miss that one very much. It's a good point. What about you, Brian, when you hear Pickens is the selection in the second round, what's your initial thought? With all these Georgia Bulldogs that have were mocked everywhere pretty high, that went pretty high, all these defenders that went, and you know, my gosh, everybody was loving everybody with from the national champion Bulldogs that even Uga 86, the live Bulldog, was mocked in the fourth round to Jacksonville. You know, so everybody <laughs> loves Georgia. But when they went, and when I say they, Colbert. And Tomlin, when they went to the Georgia Pro Day, who were they fawning all over? Not the huge studs on defense. They were fawning over George Pickens. So when George Pickens was available, I knew that's where they were going. I didn't call it. I just figured that's kind of the pick. That's the guy they've been more in love with. Sky Moore was the, uh, like Anthony Schwartz of last year. He was the sexy pick that people wanted this really fast little guy. But they coveted the big guy and they feel they got a steal. I know that I think it was Jeffrey Benedict who might've said this on his cutting room floor podcast, which is found only on our audio sides. You got to follow us wherever you get your podcasts by searching Steelers or behind the steel curtain. You can subscribe and follow where everywhere you get your, your podcast. And he talked about how, what he felt the Steelers needed at receiver was kind of that one trick pony type receiver that we, the Steelers had with Mike Wallace and he actually brought up Mike Wallace and everything you read about Pickens is that he is you know, that kind of player. So I want to read 
a, a quick snippet from uh, our draft, our, our own big board, um, and what they think of him, as well as a, a scouting report overview of Pickens. In case you don't know much about him, you know, the Georgia Bulldog, you know that, but you don't really know much about him. So here's what we have from the BTSC big board from Ryland B. He says, Pickens is a big, tall, and lanky receiver who the Steelers have shown some pre-draft interest in. He's not the shiftiest guy in the class, but he's a solid route runner with great long speed, making him a physical deep threat down the field. Pickens has natural hands, a wide catch radius, and great ball tracking ability. Pickens has a nasty competitive streak as well. His biggest concern was an ACL injury, but he has been able to compete in the combine and ran an impressive 4-4 40-yard dash, which quelled some of the concerns about his knee. He's currently projected as a second-round pick, but Pickens has the potential to be an excellent boundary receiver. So this is from NFL.com. It says, lanky perimeter wideout, good ball skills, desperate need of additional play strength, and a clean bill of health. Resilient to make it back so quickly after an ACL tear, but needs to show quick cutting ability for route running. Pickens possesses borderline elite ball skills with in-air adjustments, strong hands, and an enormous catch radius. However, he fails to put defenders on his hip and command the catch space to make his work less cluttered. The routes need more polished and physicality, but he has the athletic ability to become a viable target on all three levels as a likely day two draft pick with a little wider gap between ceiling and floor than NFL teams might like. So next question, Dave, after hearing that and what you know about Pickens, how do you see him fitting into the Steelers offense? Uh, I think he's gone. He's, is he the one trick pony that uh, did you talk about that? Jeff, did you say that? I think it was Jeffrey Benedict on his yeah. four podcast. Yeah. Okay. I, I know, I know it was one of those. I know it was another morning show that, that it was like, the Steelers kind of need another one trick pony and, you know, a big receiver that can go deep and be that threat, take the top off, things like that. If that's all that he does, especially to start, that's okay. That's good. I, I just, there's, there's, a, there's skill sets in there that obviously the Steelers see, obviously they like to pick. Like I said, I, I love any wide receiver that they're going to take. Um, no, I well, I know what Jeff is going to say from a couple of years ago, um, but uh, they'll they're going to find a way to make it work. Um, one of the other questions is who plays the slot if 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 Pickens is is going to be there? What's I mean is is he going to be a backup to Claypool and and Deontay Johnson and someone else is going to have to play the slot or is it going to how are they going to move it around? I don't know. But I mean, that's the good thing about taking a wide receiver high in the draft. You can insert them and get them into the rotation pretty early. It's easy to get them playing time. And we're going to hear this again when we move on to round three as well. Brian, uh, what do you think of Pickens? How do you see him fitting into the Steelers offense? I like that one trick pony mention. You know, I, I really feel that in Pittsburgh this year at the facilities, there's going to be a laboratory and there's going to be a lot of Mr. Wizard stuff going on with moving guys around, trying to find the right look. Matt Canada was asked, are you opposed to having Chase Claypool play in the slot? And he goes, hey, you know, it's, I mean, basically said it's a possibility that they're not going to shut the door on that. So I really feel that this is a really nice stable of receivers real quick. Now that you have, of course, the two holdovers, in Deontay Johnson 
and Chase Claypool. You throw in Anthony Miller and Miles Boykin. And now with Pickens, you, he'll have a chance to redshirt a little bit, but like a Martavis Bryant, maybe in the third or fourth week, really starts showing up and taking over. And I could really see that happening. If he could stretch the field and they could throw him in in different situations, he's going to be really tough to deal with. And everybody else will too. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think that you have to, under, we have to all have to understand that you did, Pickens did say in his press conference with the media, which was over the phone that he has taken reps in the slot, that he's, he's fine playing there. If they want to give him reps there, we'll see how that pans out. They, they needed the Steelers needed to get a receiver. Everyone thought it was going to be in the second round. It was in the second round. It might not have been the player that they expected, but nonetheless, the Steelers have added to that wide receiver room, that same wide receiver room that lost Juju Smith-Schuster, Ray Ray McLeod, and James Washington in free agency. They bring him in, bolster that room, and that's your second-round draft pick. Now, in the third round, the Steelers had to wait a little longer, and here you go. They're on the clock. Again, options still available, and they end up going with, I'd, I hesitate even giving this player a specific position like saying defensive tackle or defensive end or edge because he really doesn't fit into any of those categories. And that's one of the reasons that some people project that he fell all the way from after 2020 was projected to maybe be a first round pick all the way to the third round to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that would be none other than Texas A&M rookie DeMarvin. Is it Leal or Leal? Liao. Liao. Okay, like Liao with cheese. What? Like, obviously, you have not seen Pulp Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know what they call a Big time. Mac? In, uh, you know what they call a Big Mac over in Amsterdam? A Royale with cheese. Wow, there you go. Okay, so Dave, again, initial question is what your initial thoughts were when you heard about the pick. Once again, I was satisfied with what position they went with. Um, and it's interesting because with, with Leal, it seemed like they were, he was a, a player last year that they thought were really going to be up there this year. And even at the beginning of the mock draft season, he was a first round guy and there's just continue to fall, continue to fall. But, the Steelers spent some time with Texas A&M last year, so much so that they drafted two players from there. And it was so I don't I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'd have to go back and double check, but I'm fairly certain they were there again this year. But that might have been whenever um, things started to, to catch their eye last year when they were drafting other players from there. But uh, love, love the, the, the measurables. What is he? Six, four, two, eighty. And yeah. apparently is known for, you know, having a big wingspan. And he's a guy that could go as far down as nose tackle, um, you know, not your typical huge nose tackle, but could even hand out of the dirt on the end. I mean, you talk about versatility. My goodness. You know, there's a lot of things. And you think on the NFL level, do you really want a guy that's 280 um, necessarily as a typical outside linebacker meeting a hand and not in the dirt. I don't, I, well, I mean, even then they still, you know, put their hand in the dirt, but there's, 
there's so much that they can do there. And Jeffrey Benedict thinks that this is 100% like a blind Brian Flores type of player uh, for what he likes to do with, uh, with some stuff on defense. Yeah. The ED was just talking about that in our zoom call today, but Brian, what are your thoughts when you uh, heard about Leal being the pick? Well, I've heard of Leal. In fact, Mike Florio had him at 23, just like two weeks ago. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I even saw him mocked once to Pittsburgh, maybe a couple months ago in the first round. So, you know, he's a guy that I've heard of and obviously Colbert and Tomlin have a barbecue joint. They love in college station, like Cower must have had in Colorado in Boulder back in the nineties when they were picking all the, these guys from Colorado well, they love their Texas A&M guys now. So I could honestly think that uh, this is a guy that they've known about. And then Buddy Johnson, has he's come to play. He's come up and said, man, we got a steal. He's celebrating like crazy. He's also celebrating because they didn't take a linebacker. Well, yeah. And the thing is, <laughs> is that when you consider the fact that, I mean, they these guys know him well. Yep. Buddy Johnson on defense, like you said, what a steal. And then I love the tweet that, Leal himself put out after day one of the draft and he wasn't selected. He said, Oh, okay. Y'all are going to pay is essentially what the tweet said. And I love that. I mean, he's got a chip on his shoulder. All the, all 32 teams passed on him. He felt he was a first round talent, had to wait till the third round. And you could definitely tell when he gets a phone call uh, from Mike Tomlin, that he's, it, it, it kind of reminds me of uh last season, the third round pick, which was Kendrick green when he got the phone call and he stood up and he, spiked his sunglasses and was ready to go uh it kind of reminded me of that is it was a lot calmer i don't think any uh anything was broken but still uh if you want to see those videos you can check it out behind the steel curtain.com that article is live about how leal's got a chip on his shoulder and that's it's really good i want to read again if you're like me i heard this pick and my first reaction was who I know it, <laughs> it was who? that really was that was that was what Jenna, yeah. who? i was like what so well, I'm going to do the same thing I did with Pickens in case you're out there and you're listening. You're like, I don't know who the heck this guy is. What does he do? Uh, what does he bring to the table? So here it is. It's from the BTSE big board. Ryland B also provided this one. He said, I can see the hype surrounding Leal's play, but I still have some concerns. He has a great combination of size and athleticism and plays with good strength and power. Despite being a natural fit on the inside, he was used as an edge rusher in 2021, which showcased his versatility, but may postpone his development as an interior defender. His athleticism was definitely on the outside, but Leal lacks the requisite burst and bend necessary to play the position at the NFL level. He also seems to play a bit high, which may result in him losing the leverage battle at first in the pros. Despite some issues regarding his technique and position, Leal has plenty of football smarts. As already mentioned, he's a versatile player, also a sure tackler, who is extremely effective and disciplined against the run. His pass rush isn't on the same level, but Leal plays with choppy hands and a good motor. In the end, Leal is a certain early-round prospect who may be a bit of a project, but he has elite upside as a defensive lineman. Okay, now from NFL.com. An early entry defensive lineman who appears to be caught between best fit positions at this time. Leal possesses adequate rush skills and knows how to craft a rush plan, but a lack of suddenness and closing burst turns potential sacks into hurries without the help of a long pocket count. When the motor is cranked up, 
He can stack and slide past run blockers with efficiency and quickness. He didn't put together the tape that was expected in disappointing reps against Evan Neal from Alabama, Charles Cross from Mississippi State, could create concern about his pro readiness. Most will see him as an even front defender in some capacity, but playing 3-4 defensive end might be his best fit as a pro. Well, hey, what do the Steelers run in base? A 3-4 scheme. So I think, think they, but think about that. It was Terrell Austin who met with the media following the pick. He said they were shocked that he was there in the third round. So Dave, now all of a sudden, if you're going to put Liao into the group of defensive front, defensive linemen, that room is maybe not stacked with proven talent outside of the starters. There's a ton of players on the roster that play the yep. position, though. Where in the world is are they going to find room for this guy? This is funny because guess what I'm looking at right now? So I have for an article the depth running chart. tomorrow is the depth <laughs> chart. Where do you put it? But the problem is the entire depth chart is so difficult because, honestly, on the defensive line, I, I'm going to look at it. Number one on the defensive line is dead obvious. It's Cam Hayward. Well, sure, yeah. And then who is it? We do don't you, know. Do you put Stefan Tuitt up there? We Where's Tyson Alualu? Where do you put Chris Worm? Do you put Chris Wormley at number two for now? And then Alualu and Tuitt, hopefully coming back from last year. Where do you put Adams and Loudermilk? And then put Leal. Uh, I'm sorry, but players like Bondo, the Davis twins. What about um, Brian's kids? Yeah, you're there. You're uh, it, you're you're thinking a practice squad at best with as many because I mean, I mean, just looking at that, unless you're going to trade someone away or if there's more to the Tyson Alualu stuff, you know. But with Hayward, Wormley, Alualu, to it, Adams, Ottermilk, Leal, Mondo, because he was on the team last year, Carlos Davis was when he wasn't injured. That's nine, that's nine right there, not even counting Khalil Davis and Daniel Archibald. Nine. 11 total, eight guys that, that were on the team and a, a third round draft pick. Woo. You know what? I said, I said last year that they were deep. And then when you lose two, two of the top guys, it's, it's a struggle all season. So they've got to make, I, I still love the idea of revamping the room, but now you just got to figure out, all right, who are you holding on to? For now, because you've got some older guys, and who are you got to make sure you're holding on to for the future? Got some big questions to, to answer throughout training camp. I mean, if you if you ask me, just off the top of my head, you Loudermilk's not going anywhere. No, you don't trade up in 2021 to get this guy, only for him to play a pretty decent amount in his rookie season, and then you know he's not gone. You know this guy's going to make the team, Liao, and then if two, it's back. You've got Aluwalu, you've got Wormley, you've got Hayward. Correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, isn't that the room? <laughs> yeah, that's a huge room. And that's a hungry room, too, so it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, so Brian, how do you see him fitting into this team? Do you think that we even try to put him on the edge at, at all? They are going to play, I mean, nobody is as good of a Mr. Wizard as Brian Flores on defense. And so, you know, he'll have an opportunity. Dunbar is pretty good defensive line coach as well. It'll be interesting to see how they uh, play around with these guys and how they figure out what their strengths are and who's going to fit where. But, you know, the Steelers absolutely, 
know what they have on that line and knew that they were going to add. Everybody had an idea they were going to add a, a defensive lineman. And a lot of them thought it was going to be a, like a Travis Jones. And people were calling for him in the second. They were calling for defensive linemen fairly early here because of just because it's not youthful. You know, you have a few young guys in Loudermilk and the Dave and my boys, the Davises. But, you know, as far as everything else goes, they still have a lot to work out. And it's like going shopping. Everybody can tell you that, hey, you need to get a, a few steaks. You need to make sure that you have uh, plenty of vegetables in the fridge and all the Raymond noodle to last the kids for, you know, until the apocalypse. But the bottom line is, you know what's in the cupboard and you know what you can use and you know what is starting to turn and starting to go bad in that freezer that you can't use anymore. And I think they're, they know exactly that, hey, if we don't stock up, we're going to have some rancid meat pretty soon. We got to make a move. And that's what they did with this guy. They probably feel that they can mix and match this guy. They can put him in different situations and they feel that he's versatile. And if he's versatile, then you could do a lot with a guy like DeMarvin Leal. Dave, uh, do you think this, I don't, but I'll ask you, do you think this has anything to do with to its potential return? I, I don't think this third round pick screams that to it is or is not coming back. But what do you think? I think it has more to do with the age of the guys that they have. Yeah. I think it says more to that. I mean, could, do you really think Tyson Alualu is going to be in, sorry, Alualu is, it's late, is going to um, be in the Steelers' plan beyond this season? I mean, I, I don't see how just because, I mean, it, it's still a stretch to even say, the, the fact that he didn't get a lot of wear and tear on his body last year because he was injured, as long as he comes back well from the injury, you know, that might help prolong his, his career another year. Um, I said it speaks more to that, but at the same time, I think they're in a better situation now that if something happens where they don't have someone like a Stefan to it, you know, maybe he decides he does completely step away from football, then that's a that, that's a whole different story. Because remember, when regardless of how many uh, offensive defensive linemen the Steelers dress they pretty much get all of them get snaps for the most part um unless it's one of those crazy games where so many people are hurt they have to dress them all but normally when it comes to the defensive side of the ball the Steelers keep 25 you know generally it's 25 offense 25 defense three special teams when it comes to 53 man roster sometimes it's 24 and 26 but if you look at the numbers most of the time it's 10 defensive backs you can split it up one way or the other, nine linebackers split up one way or the other, and six defensive linemen. The Steelers have been carrying a, a, a seventh at times just to have an extra guy because they've had so many. Well, right now, Henry Mondo and Carlos Davis are eight and nine, you know? So there's a – you've got a lot there. I don't see this as a position that they can possibly add anyone else to unless they know that someone else is going to be gone. And – you know, what if two at Nalawalu are back? If they are, what about what's going on with someone like a Chris Wormley? Do you really want him eating up reserve snaps when you have players like Loudermilk and now Leal that you want to 
get some snaps, you know, get them a helmet on game day. And that way, even if it's only 10 or 12 snaps a game to, to hopefully get them some quality experience, they've got a lot going on there, but you know, sometimes injuries weed these things out. Yeah, you're right. Uh, quick question here before we call this a, a wrap up show. Uh, I'm going to ask you, <laughs> call you as ask you this first, Brian, with about 24 hours, in the books and I hate to go back to round one, but I have to ask you this question because it's been on my mind a lot today. Um, did anything change with your thoughts on Kenny Pickett being the pick in round one? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a lot more excited about him than I was when the pick was made. And I, I kind of feel that uh, I love the confidence and I even love the rumor that the Steelers did try to trade up five spots you know don't know if that's real but if that is real kind of makes you feel pretty good that they got the guy that they wanted and look we don't have scouts in our living room we're i'm not paying a per diem to got for guys to go and look at players you know they are and they're they're walking down the hall and looking at this guy and they coveted him so i'm pretty excited about that pick even more and more because and when you look at the fact that it's over a guy that dropped all the way down to the the latter part of the third round and other guys drop down to the late part of the third round as well, you got to feel that they got their guy. They got the, who they feel is the best quarterback in the draft. And they feel that like they have a franchise guy. So I'm, that's why I'm loving this pick a whole lot more. You know, did I want them to go in other directions? But there was nobody that I was looking at at 20 where I'm saying, you got to have this guy. Oh, it's not like a Creed Humphrey from last year when you're bummed out that they didn't take the guy because he was right there. It's not like Shannon Shannon White with Sky Moore in the second round where he's crushed. And in fact, we have to do a wellness check on Shannon now because Sky <laughs> Moore went. Um, but it, so there was nobody like that. This, Jeff, was not a desperate draft for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And with that not being a desperate draft, they're able to, you know, work some magic, not just for 2022, but really for beyond. And if they don't start a guy like Kenny Pickett right, right away, no big deal. If they don't start a guy like uh, George Pickens right away, no big deal, but you know, they're going to find a way to move these guys in. And they're going to get them reps. So I love the fact that they they went for Pickett in the first round a whole lot more now because obviously they were jonesing for this guy. Dave, anything to add to that? Or have you changed oh, yeah. your thoughts at all well, on Kenny Pickett after well, 24 I, hours? I changed my thoughts on all the Steelers draft picks after 24 hours simply because, once again, where's my broken record? Don't fall in love with prospects because next thing you do, all your favorite guys are wearing purple and black. That's why I don't do it. I wait for them to become Steelers and then I fall in love with them. So of course, when I don't get overly excited, unless it's, 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 it's something crazy about any pick right when it happens uh, a lot of the times, because I don't allow myself to do it. Now, last year, I made no qualms about, I didn't want the Steelers to lock in 
at running back. I wanted to see how the draft played out. And the way that draft played out, Najee Harris was the pick at 24. For those people saying he was the pick at 24 before pick number one was made, you were crazy. You had to wait and see how it played out. And it just so happened to play out this way. I was not a proponent for a quarterback forcing a quarterback in the first round this year, regardless of who it was. But the way the draft played out, it made sense. That that's that was the pick. There was no real arguing. The only question was which one they took. Now, when it comes to that, I am not I'm not backtracking at all because I always say, please, please, please don't put any stock in, you know, where they fell positionally. Oh, we got the best quarterback in the draft. You know, even people were saying about the Ravens, look at what they got. They got the best safety and the best center. Well, it doesn't matter if it's the best center, if he's the 38th pick, you know, if he's the 38th overall guy, you know, you'd be better off taking the 20th overall guy that didn't get drafted, something like that. But when it, but the one thing that I do like when it came to the Steelers with drafting the quarterback is because no other ones had been taken, they got, they got their choice and you're not going to have to hear anyone say if the if only the Steelers could have drafted this quarterback because that's who they really wanted. You can't say that. They had their pick of all of them. They took the one they wanted. Um, and as, as it goes, he's wearing black and gold. How am I not going to fall in love with him? I said multiple times today throughout the day. I said it at the breakfast table. I said it doing yard work. Randomly, my kids are like, what are you talking about? I, I, I literally just said out loud, I can't believe the Steelers took Kenny Pickett. Not in a <laughs> negative way, but literally just like, I, I really can't believe that was the pick. There's a guy in my neighborhood, always walks his dogs by the house. He's a Pittsburgh fan, loves the Pirates, Penguins, and Steelers. He walks by, and I see him, and I said, what do you think about Pickett? He said, I don't know. He said, what do you think? I said, I don't know either. <laughs> he said, you're supposed to know. I come to you for all my information. I was like, I don't know. I got to process this a little bit more. I said, I'll let me know. I'll talk to me on Monday. I still feel I am warming up to the selection a little bit, but uh, there is a part of me that was just still kind of in shock that, uh, that that was the pick. And if you listen to my Let's Ride podcast and you listen to the snippet, the soundbite of us as a staff listening and watching the draft <laughs> unfold and you can hear me go, Please don't take Kenny Pickett. Please don't take me. I'm, <laughs> I'm not so happy to be the one to come in and say it's Kenny Pickett. I, I have to be. I have to be honest. That was more about dealing with the fan reaction than it was me <laughs> not liking Pickett himself. People don't understand. Like it can get a that, lot. And we know. we really were worried about losing one of one of our own in Andrew Wilbar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a wellness check on him too. Yeah. Um, he's still he a lot of guys. We're he's going on for those of you that this is your third YouTube show of the night that you've watched. He's going on after pick two and pick three, and he's still talking about Malik Willis. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a reason why Jeremy Betts put him as the uh, stock down. <laughs> Andrew Wilbar. <laughs> I did not see that in that. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, that was, it was great. It was it was a thing of beauty. So here's a good question that we might as well answer since we're talking about quarterbacks. Ariel 75 says, why do the Steelers have to have four quarterbacks to get through the preseason? Why not just three? It's a good question. Uh, and I think, I think it's in my opinion, and you all might disagree. It's, it's just, you want that camp arm. It was really important when Roethlisberger was there because you didn't want Roethlisberger in years 12, 13 on, and he had a decade of strain on his elbow and his shoulder. You didn't want to have to put any more undue stress on that. 
maybe they think that three is enough. Do we guarantee? I mean, Kevin Colbert said we're going to want to have four arms at camp. Dave, what do you want to say? All right. I have a theory that I came up with very recently on this. Okay. All right. When Kevin Colbert said that, the Steelers had three quarterbacks on their roster. Unfortunately, the tragedy happened in Florida with Dwayne Haskins. When Kevin Colbert says that, that's because you don't want everyone overreacting if they take a quarterback in round one, two, three, four, five at all and be like, oh, they're they're here to replace so and so. You set that up that you're gonna you want to take four quarterbacks into camp. Now you have to reassess the situation and realize we don't have four preseason games that we have to worry about wearing people out. We have three. Okay. This is me speaking as Kevin Colbert. He's like, we have three games. Do we really want to have um, those guys split out? Now, I know it's not going to be Kevin Colbert by the time this all runs, you know, rolls around. But if these are three guys all fighting for a starting spot, they might not have to have a fourth one. But you have to say that you're that you're wanting to take an extra quarterback to camp one more than what you have before you go into the draft, or there's going to be this massive overreaction. Does that mean that they won't add a fourth one? No, and I'm and I'm, I'd I'd still be surprised if they don't. But they really could get by without doing it. Yeah, not a good point, Brian. Anything to add to that? You know, Devlin Duck Hodges is. I mean, really, he was a fifth option at one point. And then they go ahead and, you know, you have somebody go down in Jacksonville and they trade, they trade away Joshua Dobbs. Next thing you know, this guy's starting games and he was the fifth option at one point. Then he's the fourth option. He's, they cut him and we're all upset that he cut him. And one of the reasons we knew Duck Hodges so well is because when they brought him and Tuzar Skipper in, in that May mini camp, we had, we were looking for stuff to cover. So we learned everything we could about these guys. And so we knew who duck Hodges was. Nobody did, but when he was called upon, you had to have somebody in there and he was the guy. You also want to have a guy just in case you have another Jacksonville situation where they have a guy hurt and they're going to come a calling for a guy like Mason Rudolph. You know, do you really see a situation where Mason Rudolph is your number three guy or even do you really see a situation where Kenny Pickett's your number three guy. So, you know, I mean, you can't, you can see that situation, but you need all three of those guys. If you can get another guy in there and maybe get some draft capital out of a guy like Mason Rudolph and don't say that he doesn't have any capital. You can get a fifth or a sixth if it's a desperate situation from another team. That's a possibility. So you always want to have four in there to see what happens on the outside too, because you might be shuffling that around. Then what if you get an injury to Mitch Trubisky? You need to have another guy that knows the system to move up into number three as well. It's good. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. So let's put a bow on this and do some final thoughts. And we have a big day ahead on Saturday with, Rounds four through seven. But Dave, uh, recapping day two, what are your final thoughts? Yeah, I want to keep it to day two because yeah. we could go on about the quarterback stuff for sure for for a long time. There's there's still certain Steelers insiders that still say, "Hey, week one starter is going to be Mason Rudolph." 
So some people still, you know, some of the Steelers beat reporters, that's still what they think could be the possibility. Um, I'm not going to argue that. I'm not, I don't want to get into that. I like how the Steelers went in these two rounds. They were addressing positions that, you know, you knew that there was maybe, maybe three, they would be going in this round. You know, maybe they were going to add a defensive back or, 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 or an offensive lineman, but the, the direction they went and the players that they got, I'm very satisfied with. Um, like I said, if, to me, I think there might be some more red flags with Pickens, believe it or not. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried about that when it comes to Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm really not because there's no way they're going to take him there. You know, Brian, Brian's still trying to check the draft. Yeah, what the heck? It just popped on, boys. Sorry. <laughs> the look on your face was what was great. But, uh, but you know the. I saw someone else, <laughs> poor Brian. I saw someone else for their, um, in the live chat where I'm not seeing a lot of stuff, but they're like, we're all people sitting on our couch watching this draft. And we're going to sit here and say about how it was so good or so bad or so whatever. When there are a lot of people getting paid a lot of money to dissect this and figure out what's best for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I hate to tell everyone of, of you, they know a whole lot more about what to do than what we do. They have more information, and that's why they know more. And I, I, it's not that you follow blindly, but at some point you have to trust that, wow, this is what these people do for a living, and they are highly invested in it. And if they think George Pickens is, is the right call there and they see the upside and they don't have another problem with it, good. And if same same thing with – I have to have to pause Leal. to say his name every time. Leal to make because if not, I'm I'm gonna say it backwards. Um same there. And I think the Steelers were excited to get him. So to me, my excitement grows when you see the excitement of of the Steelers and of the players and just of how it all comes together. Brian Anthony Davis, final thoughts. Yeah, I want to follow up with what Dave said. Mike Tomlin cannot go into your office and and pull out the Hartman file. He can't go ahead and look at uh, uh, look at the X-rays of Schofield and figure out what's wrong, what's going <laughs> on. You know, he can't do that. He can't be go in and be a lawyer and you know be a defense attorney for the Australian guys down under when uh, they go on a drunken binger. They can't. You know, he can't do that job. Just like we can't do his job. We think we know how we can do his job. And you see, guy, why did they pass up on this guy? Because we know this guy's name. And when we know somebody's name, they automatically should take him. Because we get familiar with a guy. Then there's a guy that we haven't heard of. Now, I've heard of George Pickens. I've looked at George Pickens. Mm -hmm. So I was excited when they took the guy. I heard of DeMarvin Leal, not as much. But when I see what I see from this guy, I'm feeling pretty good. Now, there's a lot of people that are going to say that I'm delusional because I'm jumping on board with the Kenny Pickett pick. I'm jumping on board with George Pickens. Yeah, because the people that I trust, just like the doctors I trust to make sure that I'm taken care of, the people that I trust to take care of my football team and build my football team, well, you know what? They thought that this was the best bet for them. So I don't have a problem with 
with trusting them because there's a lot that needs to be shaken out. The, the guys that we think in the depth chart right now are not going to all be the guys on September 11th. It just isn't. So that's something that we really got to look at. But to quote Mr. Kyle Kreiss of what Ian's talking about, there's a lot of couch Colberts out there. And sometimes maybe we just need to stay on the couch. Good points, all of you. So to wrap this up, I want to give you all a quick snippet into what tomorrow is going to look like. Tomorrow being Saturday, day three, the final day of the NFL draft. We will have everything covered for you just like we did today on Friday with rounds two and three. You will have pick by pick, short kind of welcome to the team for that draft pick. The three of us will be back at the end of the day to wrap up day three and the entire NFL draft for the Steelers. And we'll be, we will be back to our regular scheduled product, I guess, production um, on Monday. But it's going to be a fun day. As you can see, it is a tiring event for the three of us who have to do a lot of work, uh, sometimes some really late nights, but we appreciate everyone that's watching live on Facebook or on YouTube. Just a reminder, this is not all of our content. A vast majority of it is an audio only, so find us wherever you get your podcasts by searching Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. We are everywhere, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora. You name it, we're there. Just search those terms and you'll find us. In the meantime... Day two is in the books. Two more players are Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll see what tomorrow Saturday has in store. We'll see you tomorrow. Go Steelers. Take it easy. Have a good night. When I know that it can never really be the same. How could I move forward when I keep looking backward? I'm just staying.